0: The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are, Carl Jung, psychologist. I love that quote. I'm a huge fan of living authentically. And today's guests epitomize Young's words. You'll soon see what I mean. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am honored and excited to have two fabulous guests joining me today, starting with Addie Vincent. Addie, a senior at Chapman University here in Orange, California. Uh, she identifies as trans queer, is rapidly becoming a vocal and celebrated advocate for the trans community. Last year, Addie attempted to become the first transgender sorority sister at Chapman, and when that didn't pan out, here's what she did. I'm sorry, here's what they did. I, I'm going to have Addie help explain why the pronouns matter here. Uh, Addie then planned to launch the first gender neutral frority at the school. Last month, uh, Addie became the first transgender contestant in an all female pageant on campus. Thank you so much for joining me, Addie. You are inspiring for so many reasons.
2: Well, thank you so much. It's so great to be on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, gosh, it's our, it's our pleasure to have you. I, I've been really inspired by your uh, activism, as I know many other people have been, um, particularly, I imagine, people in the trans community who perhaps haven't come out um, publicly or fully identified with their trans identity. Uh, when did you first identify uh, as trans?
2: Yes, um I technically started identifying as a transgender person last summer um, and changed my name to Addy. Not officially yet, but um, just in terms of talking to friends and talking to people, um, I go by Addy now. And, um, yeah, I've been on my gender identity journey since, uh, gosh, I want to say maybe like fall 2011. Um, I was studying abroad a semester at sea and um, for Halloween decided to dress up as Ursula from The Little Mermaid. And, um, since then, since having that kind of, um, gender bending drag kind of moment, I started identifying, um, within the trans community and trying to like, um, find out my identity in terms of gender and, you know, came to terms with my true transgender queer identity last summer.
0: Interesting. So you had kind of an epiphany. Is that, is that common for other people, uh, who are also transgender? Do they, is it, they're typically kind of an event or is it a gradual process kind of throughout your lifetime?
2: Well, I wouldn't speak on behalf of all trans people at this point, but um, I would say that everyone kind of experiences um, their own gender identity in different ways. For me, it was that certain event of um, doing that gender-bending during Halloween and realizing that it all just kind of clicked. Um, But for some people, you know, they just grow up um, realizing that they don't fit into that body, and it's not one event that that sparks that moment for them. It's... Just always feeling uncomfortable, having that body dysphoria or body dysmorphia, and um, just realizing that things just weren't working out. So every trans person experiences there um, has well it has different experiences and comes to terms with their identity in different ways.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the the variants because I, I know that. Regarding body dysmorphia and body dysphoria, that also varies quite a bit uh, as far as the degree, how it manifests itself. What can you tell us about that? I, don't, I, I imagine a lot of people are a bit unfamiliar with what that actually means. Can you, can you share a bit about what that is?
2: Yes, of course. Well, it's just this idea that you are in the wrong body, that w- the body that you're born with, and the genitalia and sex chromosomes that you have do not fit with who you are. And that's what a lot of trans people face, and this is why a lot of trans people go through surgery and um, different, uh, I guess, body structure changes in order to feel comfortable with who they are and be the person that they feel that they are. Um, so it's a huge problem in the United States, a huge problem across the world with people, um, with you know different beauty standards, too. and. Um You know, trying to figure out who you are and where you fit into society in terms of your body and your gender.
0: I can just imagine because I think for anyone nowadays, you know there's all this pressure to to look a certain way, and I have to thank you because in preparing for this show, I learned so much about gender because of you i you know I knew I thought I knew quite a bit but i i had no idea you know um some of the complexities that there are and i'd actually love to have you on another time to talk specifically about gender if you're interested um of course of course awesome awesome uh could you explain? Because I, in, in introducing you, uh, I, I noticed that you prefer uh, pronouns. You don't prefer he or she. You prefer they. Can you explain what what that means and kind of how you know gender is not so black and white and how some people actually don't gravitate towards either.
2: Yes, of course, yes. What people don't know is that there are identities outside of the sex and gender binary. There is more than man and woman. There's more than male assigned at birth and female assigned at birth. You know, within gender, I identify as genderqueer, and it's as simple as saying I don't identify as cisgender. And cisgender means that your gender and sex correlate. So if you're male assigned at birth, then you, find that you identify as man. If you're female assigned at birth, then you identify as a woman. So that's cisgendered. If you're not cisgender, then you're automatically within the trans community, and you identify as under the umbrella of genderqueer. So I identify as genderqueer. My identity is just super vague, super complicated. I just don't like to think of myself as a man or woman, um, although I am male sign at first. Um, so I do lie on the sex binary, but I'm off the gender binary. With my they, then, their pronouns, it's just... Um, a gender-neutral term for me. um, It's different from using ze and zer or um, any other gender-neutral pronouns, but I just... I love they, them, their, um, and it's been complicated being in the media, you know. People assume that because I'm trans, that I'm automatically a transgender woman, and they assign she and her pronouns to me, and so it's always you know, um, a little complicated trying to explain to people that there's more than the gender binary, that there's more than just woman and man, and that I'm not she and her, I'm they, them, there.
0: Sure, I noticed that, actually, and I'm so glad that I found you had some YouTube videos, and I thought it would probably be best to hear from, from you, you know, so I, I'd read the articles, and many of them did use she, and I wonder, if two editors may change things if they, you know, they think grammatically, something's not, you know, I think you're, you're really starting some important conversations, and I imagine you know people who want to be very respectful may not know which terms to use. What what should someone do who say, say it's not necessarily a close friend and acquaintance of yours or, or something like that, and you want to be respectful? Should you ask them? Should you just not assume? What what are some just kind of tips that you would offer?
2: Yes, of course. Um, you know what. You know, within the trans community and within the queer community in general, um, some people go back and forth in terms of um, whether or not it's appropriate to ask someone about their identity or their gender pronouns. Um, Just because people react different ways, it can be triggering for people, and for people who may not be publicly open about their identities, it can be kind of, um, you know, startling or um, triggering for them if they're asked about that. That's a great point. Um, so I'm so glad what you mentioned I was, that. I guess, what, I guess it differs from person to person and really just have to wait for someone to kind of come up to you sometimes.
0: Interesting. Um,
2: oh, go, go for it. I,
0: I think that's, that's really fascinating. I, I love the the message I hear kind of underneath that all is something I feel like we can all learn from, which is always see the person first without any labels. Is that kind of... Right. Yeah. We can all learn yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, I love using just gender-neutral terms in general. Like, when I'm talking to a group of people, just I say, um, hey, y'all, or hey, everyone, um, and, you know, don't necessarily, um, I guess, address a person based on their title, like Mr. and Mrs. Like, it's really easy to just drop those titles, to drop gendered language, and just treat everyone as a person rather than seeing them as a man or woman or whatever.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. I'm, and you really have me thinking more about it. You seem to be quite confident and very uh, eager to be an advocate and a voice and, and speak up about these issues. What gives you that strength? Is that your personality? Is it powerful influences in your life? What, what makes you so awesome? What, what gives you that spirit, you think?
2: Uh-huh. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, I really appreciate that. Um, sure. um, I you know, for me I I guess it comes from the amount of support I have for my family and my friends. My family back in Michigan, they're so supportive and they've been with me every step of the way. Um and they go out of the way to advocate for me and my community as well. So I'm so privilege and so grateful to have such a wonderful family and to have friends here at chapman and well chapman in general has been super supportive of everything so i feel that having that community base, having all that support and love it's been really um... encouraging for me and really helpful for me to continue sharing my story and being who i am you know i'm 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 not afraid to dress how i want to dress and to act how i want to act and be who i want to be um, because I know that I can be in a safe and comfortable environment.
0: I love that. And again, it's such universal, you know, ideas that we can all kind of learn from and, and apply to our lives. And it sounds like, you know, first of all, that's wonderful. You have such a great uh, family support system. I'm sure you meet many other people who perhaps don't. What, where can people go who don't have that or, or are kind of afraid to talk to their loved ones about their um, identity?
2: Right. Yes, I do realize that, um, like, I have a luxury that not a lot of people have, especially within the trans community. And a lot of trans folk end up being kicked out of their homes or turned away or lose their jobs when they come out and turn to, um, you know, end up being on the streets and being in shelters and stuff. So what I would suggest to people who don't have that privilege of having that support and... That um, family-based, community-based is just find that community. Find people who will accept you. I mean, there's always um, uh, shelters. There's always community centers for LGBT plus people and queer people. Um, I would say online too. There's a there's a huge online support base for trans folks, and there's lots of different news sites and um, community-based sites that can really give you the best resources for not only just you know. Uh, you know who to talk to but also in terms of like surgery and other questions that you may have so definitely search online um, get out there in the world you know try to find the community base because people do exist and I mean there are supporters there are other trans folk out there that will take you in and love you
0: that is great to hear. I'm so happy for that. And it's uh, one benefit that we have with this digital age and so many resources at our fingertips. So wonderful. I'm glad that there are so many resources. And I feel like there's definitely a lot more conversation than there used to be, which is huge. Um, one last question I'd love to ask you. We talk a lot about sex education on this show, and partly because there's so many. Huge gaping holes, I feel, in our in our system that is well intended, but tends to kind of focus on you know very particular things and isn't as broad uh, as it as it perhaps should be. Um, and I know it varies between communities and things like that. I grew up in the Midwest as well, and uh, I definitely uh, didn't learn a lot about, for example, female sexual pleasure in in sexual education. What did you learn or not learn in sex ed that you wish perhaps that you had or that you wish everyone could learn?
2: Right. Um, Well, actually growing up, I went to an all-boys middle school, and so for me, actually, for my sex education, it was very um, androcentric, you know, very um, focused only really on male genitalia and um, male pleasure, and we really kind of skipped over female genitalia and pleasure and sex education for uh, female-bodied people and also for intersex people as well. So I wish that I had learned more about other sexes than my own, Um, and I wish that even, you know, in high school and even in college now, that people were more open to talking about it and more willing to learn about, um, you know, uh, sex positivity and... A pleasure for all parties. You know, it's interesting because I'm in a gender communications class, and I'm the only person who is willing to talk about pornography, to talk about um, feminist pornography and sex-positive porn, and um, you know my healthy amount of watching it and stuff, and. Everyone in the class is so stigmatized, and uh, or I should say, pornography is so stigmatized, and people have such a negative view of what porn is and and pleasure for everyone, and it's it's just really sad. And I wish that people. Um, will be more willing to learn and be more willing to talk about um, porn and sex and everything.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. We had um, Bell Knox on last week, um, the the porn star who's uh, attending Duke University, and she's had death threats and all kinds. I mean, it's, it's really sad, and she's a very sex-positive uh, woman who has wonderful things to say that we could all learn from, and people kind of close it out. It's unfortunate we have to have a term sex-positive because it's like you know, but we do because it's kind of other
2: right.
0: it's sex negative in our culture. It's just not called that. So that's that's unfortunate. Speaking of which, I know you have a lot of goals and uh aspirations for the future and you're going to be graduating soon. What do you <laughs> what do you hope to see happen in your own life or what are you striving for after college?
2: Yes, I mean what I'm hoping to leave Chapman with, I graduate in one semester, and so I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. But um, I really hope to leave Chapman with a few different things, you know, just a few different legacies here at Chapman. I love to see a gender-neutral bathroom in every single building on campus. because That isn't a reality yet. And it's really frustrating as a non-binary person like myself to find a bathroom that I feel comfortable in. And usually I have to choose between men's and women's, and it's just not fair. And if I want to find a gender-neutral bathroom, I have to go all the way across campus. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, trek across, you know, campus to find a bathroom. It's so frustrating. But I'd love to see that. I'd love to see my ferority happen on Chapman. Um, I'm trying to set up a gender-neutral um, Greek life organization so that people who don't identify on the, bin- on the binary or who don't feel comfortable being in traditional Greek life have a place to feel safe and to have fun within Greek life. Um, and then I also hope that before I leave Orange County to set up a shelter in Orange County for LGBT plus youth and, um, people of all ages who don't have that community, don't have the, the support from their family or whoever and need that shelter to go to that resource center. So I'd love to set that up in Orange County, um, before I go and, uh yeah that's what i hope to do (laughs)
0: oh i've no doubt you'll accomplish whatever you set your sights on i can i not that i'm psychic or anything but just based on what i learned uh i know i i'm sure you have a lot of people telling you that and and cheering you on and supporting you and we just wish you all the best here we'd love to have you back on grove owner radio and anytime we can help support your causes please reach out
2: oh my gosh and same to you too if you have any questions let me know and i'm more than happy to help out, and thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate
0: it. Of course. Uh, to learn more about Addie, pl- please stop by my blog later this week. It's augustmclaughlin.wordpress.com, where I'll be sharing some more links and information. Uh, I'm going to now play a clip from Transgender Dysphoria Blues, a song written and performed by the punk band Against Me after singer Tom Gable came out publicly as female. And come right back, because we have a fabulous guest coming up, Mia Isabella, and you don't want to miss our chat. The cutest little t s. chick with the biggest candy stick. I can't read or say that without smiling like huge. that is that just makes me really, really smiley. Uh, you must get so much attention for your appearance and your sensuality. and it how is that? I'm guessing there are challenges and also some pretty. Amazing perks. What's it like for you to get so much focus on your looks?
1: Um, I guess it just depends on if I'm just trying to live like you know normal life with my guy or with my family and friends and stuff like that, and just trying to be, you know, normal. Um, in that instance, it kind of is a bit too much sometimes. Or we drive around Hollywood or something, and people are breaking their necks through their cars to see who's in the car or what's going on. But and as far as industry stuff, I mean, I love it. I love being able to interact with my peers and my fans and things like that. But also, I do have a very separate personal life I like to keep to myself. So,
0: so you're able to stay grounded yeah. by surrounding yourself with, with loved ones who are supportive. Of course. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I heard that um, becoming somewhat of a, a transsexual icon, sex symbol, really empowered you and may have even saved your life. Is that true? <laughs> well,
1: in a lot of instances, I will just say yes. Because um, before getting in the adult entertainment industry, um, I was like most other Uh, transgender women in the in the sense that that was something I wanted no part of sexually you know having the genitalia Um, but then I became very popular and um, it became empowering in the sense that I began to embrace my sexuality because people made such a big deal about it I didn't feel a sense of shame in that regard Um, so in that sense it was definitely something that was positive for me, whereas I'm sure a lot of girls like myself go through a, a sense of depression and things like that, that they can't accept that part of them. So I have to say being in the adult industry kind of gave me the confidence to embrace that. So I don't feel any less of a woman than I would have before That's being who beautiful. I am now. So, yeah, it was that definitely so a positive tiring. experience. For Do some. you
0: meet a lot of uh, girls who are transgender, transsexual, who are looking for a role model that perhaps you didn't have that you're able to speak to?
1: Definitely. When I was younger, I, mean, I, I grew up in the South in uh, Tennessee, and I never saw any transsexual. I knew that I was different, that I wanted to uh, envelop physically what a woman would, would look like, but I never knew how that could be done. And at that point in time, there was nobody of any kind of reference except for RuPaul. Who's not even a transsexual, but that's the closest thing um, at at that point in time in history that there was for me to look up to. And at that point, RuPaul had, you know, television show, hit single, you know, all these incredible things going on. So that was the closest thing that I had ever gotten to that. Um, And now, me being, you know, so much a media darling, as people like to say, and involved with as much of a marketing as I can for my community, I guess, myself and many others have become role models that young transgender women can look up to. Thank well. goodness. It's yeah. really starting
0: to happen. And yeah. It seems to me I, I read a report that said somewhere between three to five percent of the population is uh, or has already identified as transgender or transsexual. Wow. And that's the people who've, who've identified publicly. Right. Imagine, I mean, there must be a lot more. Absolutely. I would think so. Yeah. And it seems like there's probably this spectrum. And I imagine every time that we hear a story about somebody, um, you know, really becoming empowered, like in that way, I have, I have chills. I mean, that's, (laughs) That's a you. You could be saving many lives, and that's that's an amazing thing. Really,
1: that is that is the goal to be able to represent uh, in a way that is positive to our community, to sexuality in general, and to you know hopefully be able to change people's minds, perspective, and save people's lives. Because there are so many in our community that never make it past uh their teenage years because you know the suicide rate is huge, uh, gay and transgender population in general. So you can imagine for so many transgender youth, they don't know about education, they don't know about their rights and um, so many different aspects of life. And I was lucky because I was raised in a way that I was never taught that I was different. I was taught that I was supposed to succeed well above other people's standards because I was special and I was different and I had to prove that. So I was very lucky. I always felt empowered whether I worked in the corporate world when I was young or went to college um, in two different perspectives in the medical field and also in fashion world. So I never felt like I was different or that I was not... Uh, allowed to have the best of the best, whereas so many are afraid to go out in the world to get jobs because of discrimination or to be a part of the educational systems, which even in those formats, they actually have so many rights, but no one's out there teaching them and telling them. So there's a fear, I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. There's, you know, ignorance really comes from fear. Mm-hmm. And and if people just become more aware and they realize, you know, we're all just people, <laughs> you know, and sexuality is is a beautiful, wonderful thing. It takes many different shapes and forms, and so does our anatomy. It's, you know, it's amazing. Um, what do you love most about porn, aside from inspiring other people? The actual, I find it fascinating. What, what do you, I mean, is it, were you, was it something you always wanted to do? Did you suddenly just go, I'm going to. Try this was it scary? What was that like to to jump in?
1: well, at that point in time i had um I finished high school early because i I wanted to get in the nursing program in Illinois and I had a two year waiting list, so I finished two years early so I could get into that program and um also going to college right after that i don't know um I think at I had a, a choice at that point in time when I was working in the corporate world, I thought to myself, you can live a normal uh straight life and and be you know um Hidden, I guess, in a way, and have that comfort, or you could choose a life of adventure and see the world and in your own way on your own terms. And I had to make that decision at that point, and I decided that I was just going to have the adventures.
0: Amazing. And it <laughs> sounds like you're very happy with that decision. I am. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. And I can tell you have a beautiful voice, which you're Thank now you doing know. voiceover, right? Tell us about that.
1: I actually um, was approached by the people from Rockstar Video Games, uh, Grand Theft Auto, the latest one uh, last season before they actually released it um to do their voiceover project and i was their first or i think the first transsexual uh woman to ever play a character in a video game and wow. why not be the best which was they made a billion dollars in like less than a week in the u.s so that is amazing it yeah it was a huge that's opportunity huge. so i'm glad that i did it
0: you are you absolutely and <laughs> made it made beautiful history it did that's yeah. incredible yeah. that is incredible it's really exciting and you've uh you step stepdaughters
1: I have two stepdaughters. Two stepdaughters. Well, actually three. I was married when I was 20. Okay. So I had a stepdaughter at that point in time and then... You know, with my current partner, he has two daughters Sweet. as well. And they're beautiful. It must
0: feel really great to be a good role model for them. Do they know what you do? Do they kind of <gasps> understand it? They know
1: that I'm a model. Okay. They've seen pictures of me on, on in our personal, you know, uh, format with family, mark, you know, media stuff like Facebook and stuff. So they've seen pictures of me modeling and things like that. And the youngest, she's really beautiful and really into being girly and modeling and looks and things like that. So I'm sure that kind of inspires her a little bit.
0: Sure, I'm sure. And <laughs> just the way that you carry yourself, I think the best example, the best way to teach anyone is to. You know, show women that that confidence and that be whatever you want to be yeah. and live to the fullest and all that. That's that's amazing. Um, what would you suggest to somebody who is uh, perhaps not as comfortable with with who they are, whether it's because of uh, being homosexual or transsexual or transgender, or even simply uh, what one uh, area of of the population we talk about a lot here is even women who are uh, you know heterosexual but just are scared to be. Sexy. I mean, they are sexy. They just don't see it. They're scared to kind of really embrace it publicly, or not not in a big display kind of a way, but just embracing their own sexuality. That's a beautiful thing. It's not dirty. Uh, what What would you tell? Uh, people out there who are wanting to be more authentic but are scared to uh, that either helped you or just what's kind of a, a first step somebody can take to live more fully and truly
1: involve yourself with groups that inspire you groups of people if you see girls that you think are the epitome of what you think is sexy and beautiful and that's how you would like to aspire to be Involve yourself, make those kinds of friends, or involve yourself in groups that you can feel empowered and comfortable. And obviously, in those kinds of situations, there'll be, um, you know, people that are more experienced, that are older than you, that have much, a lot of wisdom that they can share with you personally. So for me, I was lucky that at 18, I actually met my first group of transsexual girls and they lived in my same neighborhood when I was going to college there and I had never met any transsexual girls before. That must have been amazing. It was because at that point I learned about boys in a way that I would have never learned before. Dating um, the industry in general so they were much older than me. They taught me the ropes and kind of groomed me and, and they were so confident in everything that they did that it made me feel like there was no nothing I couldn't do because they were uh-huh. bold about everything that they did so that inspired me I think as well.
0: That's amazing. So involving
1: yourself with people, making friends with people that you look at as like wow I'd like to be like that one day make friends with that person you see a girl that you in your neighborhood that you think is you know super sexy and beautiful and glamorous or whatever you know making make an effort to make friends I mean that's you give yourself a group and of uh, people that will empower you and make you feel safe. And, Fabulous. Yeah.
0: Fabulous advice. I think, and it's contagious, whether we're around negativity or positivity, so I can't imagine better yeah. insight there and that kind of mentorship and things like that. So what's next in the pipeline for you? Do you have some big... I, I read that you're perhaps going more mainstream. Maybe that's partly the uh, the video games and things like that. Yeah. What, what are your current goals and aspirations?
1: We, well, I just went to New York uh, about a week ago, and we... I went to uh, do a meeting with a publishing house and literary agent, and I guess from our our meeting or our dinner I walked away with an offer for two books instead of one no
0: that's amazing! congratulations thank you (laughs) you keep giving me chills I have like permanent bumps on my skin that's so exciting
1: yeah we um, we went into dinner with my publicist Lainey and I and um, the first offer was to do an autobiography about my 10 years in the adult industry I want to know about my you know celebrity rendezvous of course people that I've dated movie stars rappers whatever kind of thing and then also my normal life being with my um, current partner Ty Roderick who um, Uh, came in the industry around the time that I had already I guess really reached kind of like a height at that point Uh, so they want to know about how my life was in that situation being married before that kind of thing which I thought was really kind of cool and then after that meeting they were like well what about taking some of your life experiences in a way that turning into erotic fiction so we got two big deals
0: that is incredible. Yeah. And we signed
1: a, a, TV, a TV show deal, a reality show deal about a year and a half ago. We've, they've kind of changed the concept a couple of times, went through something the deal offered to two different, or three different um, mainstream, um, whatever they call them, publishing, sure. whatever, television networks. Nice. And um, so I think we're finally at the gist of closing that deal and making it official. We're going to start nice. filming soon. So after that and the book and music. Music is the next thing. I, I actually do a lot of um, spoken word poetry and writings and part of me getting this book deal was I was starting to like put out little bits of my writings and how I felt about things and that kind of thing at that point in time. And that made the publishing people interested. And then now we have music industry executives and artists wanting to take my poetry and turn it into, you know, mainstream hip hop and R&B music. So you'll hear me on the radio next.
0: That is incredible (laughs) and and unsurprising considering, uh, you know, the way you live. I really believe, and you're such a great example, that when we are true to ourselves and we follow our passions whatever they are yeah. that everything just comes
1: you know it's so shocking too because I'm just sitting in the house and like music executives are texting my phone and my my publicist is telling me this person needs you here for a book and this person wants you on this show and I'm like okay wow. I guess everything we've done over time and everything that we've uh, I've associated myself with and uh, hoped for it's just starting to come like and in full speed, like snowballing. It's kind of scary, in a way. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And some and some athletes, I'm like, am I really ready for that? But it must be if, if all these things are coming to me.
0: I'm sure you are. Yeah, they time. say be careful what you wish for, because, you know. But I, I imagine. <laughs> and the, the nervousness is good. I think it means that you have passion for it. Yeah. And uh, it gives you good energy. Definitely. You know? Good little butterflies. To it's th-
1: exciting, in general, to be able to show people uh, in the next generation, you know, behind me, that now they'll grow up seeing that. It's not, a, it's not an abnormal thing for them to be able to be in video games and in movies and in music and do books. So the whole next generation, that's what's empowering to me is that um, they'll grow up, there'll be another group of women like myself that will grow up not feeling like anything is unacceptable to them. And that is really the goal.
0: Powerful, yeah. So powerful. I hope you'll keep us posted of course. on all of that. we neighbors. Where,
1: I'm right up the street. That's
0: <laughs> fantastic. You can come by any old time. We're yes. here every Monday. Uh, and what? Um, where can people learn more about you? What's the best place? I'm website?
1: always tweeting uh, about like ideas and people that I'm associated with and projects that I want to do. So at the Mia Isabella on Twitter. Of course, my website. You can go there if you're more into the erotic things. Um, that's w or Mia-Isabella.com. And uh, yeah, just hit me up on there. As my two main things is really through uh, Twitter and social my media. Is amazing, it is. Isn't
0: it? It's a wonderful way, to also, to reach people like the sex positive community. Oh yeah, all over the world. Yeah. you know, which is a small but growing and mighty. Thing,
1: and all know? the radio shows like Sirius XM and companies like you guys. It's it's incredible for me to be able to lend my voice, and people actually get a sense of who I am beyond you know the previous things that I've done there's
0: so much more to you then. so much
1: more and it's nice that I get to share that in a, in a global way I'm really excited about that I'm grateful for beautiful. that
0: well thank you so much for being here it's thank been a true me. honor and a treat and if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week